G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might be familiar with Australia's largest Christian youth movement that has captivated young people and provided an amazing launch pad for following Christ. Youth Alive is alive and flourishing and operating in every state in Australia. It's 40 years since the beginnings of Youth Alive and they are just as passionate as ever in reaching out to young Australians. These days, it's more than just a concert-style outreach. They're invested in raising up youth ministries, leadership teams and resourcing local churches. A conversation today about why every parent should send their teen to a youth group, youth ministry. Two special guests to introduce us to. Renee Bennett is the Youth Alive Academy principal. Renee, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much for having me. And Isaiah Simmons, a sought-after youth speaker and part of the Queensland Youth Alive team in Brisbane South. Isaiah, a special welcome to you. Hello, thanks for having me. Let me start off with uh, perhaps just some reflections on Youth Alive, uh, the history. Uh, 40 years, uh, neither of you look old enough to have actually been born 40 years ago when it all got underway. But let me ask you first, Renee, uh, reminiscences and when people Mm -hmm. ask you about the history of Youth Alive, what do you say? Look, when you say, I actually was born. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I don't look that old. I, I was. Accept um, that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, look, the thing about Youth Alive, and Cameron and I, the, the national directors now, we're, we are so honoured to be carrying it for just, you know, the last decade. But no matter where we go, we meet people all the time that say, we were saved, I was saved at a Youth Alive rally. So I've been involved right back when I was a teenager in South Australia. So I just think it's been one of the... Um, the parts of, of Christianity that's constantly been able to change with young people has seen so many salvations. I think it's 360,000 salvations wow. Wow. in the last 40 years. It's yeah, it's incredible. Uh, you know, when we think of Youth Alive, some will be remembering what they might think of as a heyday. Maybe the heyday mm. was whenever you were a teenager or uh, in your early 20s and you got to go to a Youth Alive event. But there used to be, you know, what we identify as huge events where you'd get five, 10,000 young people at an event and there'd be a, a whole bunch of uh, performances, praise and worship, and then a guest speaker would come and bring a, an amazing message that would draw from the crowd a salvation. Those sorts of events, they don't seem to be as... Uh, as uh, freely happening these days, are they a lot of smaller events, Isaiah? How do you describe things as they've happened before and what they do now? Yeah, I think um, with my sort of experience with Youth Alive was that I was a teenager, young adult that was going to Youth Alive, and then I was a youth pastor that was bringing teenagers and young adults to Youth Alive. And um, since being under Kim and Renee, watching sort of the intricate way Youth Alive works and operates, they've sort of, well, in, in my experience so far, they've sort of been really 
instrumental in making sure that they were providing a lot of resource to youth ministries. And so the big event was happening. We all know, we remember the big events that were happening. And then there was sort of a shift um, the last couple of years where it was sort of resourcing all youth ministries to run. It still was technically Australia's largest outreach, Mm. but the way it operated was not necessarily everybody was coming to an event. We were saying, hey, host uh, United We Stand in your local area. And so do you remember the stats on how many people were getting saved at those events? Yes. So around Australia, we were having 30,000 young people turning up to these grassroots local events. And usually, I oh, I don't know about the salvation. I wish we had a stats person. Yeah. yeah. Let's assume that while you might have been able to more easily capture the statistics in those big Mm. events Mm. uh, and people would get excited about a whole lot of people going forward and Mm. uh, praying a sinner's prayer, a salvation message Mm. to respond to, but when you actually then start to uh, populate regional centres, even country towns with Youth Alive events, uh, the numbers actually no doubt even increase. Uh, And obviously there's been a huge growth in Youth Alive all these years. Mm, Absolutely. And I think we we have come back this year to more of the stadium events as well. So what we've done is we've been able to keep both. So we've kept the United We Stand with the local events. And the beauty of that was the region, it was accessible to all of the people in the regions throughout all of Australia. Um, but then this year, we've got some stadium events that have come back um, on it. So we've got Wonderworld coming up at the Butter Factory this Saturday. I know Victoria and South Australia have just had their events. So we've got the best of both worlds. Plus, in that time, we've also um, been able to birth the Youth Alive Academy, which is really um, a new you know, part of Youth Alive with training and resourcing young people to work with young people. There's really significant power in a big event. And you know, what's big might be relative to the town or the community. And if you've got a community which is, uh, you know, a little town of 5,000 and you've got an event and you've got hundreds of young people turning up, that's relative to the size of the town. If you've got a big city and you've got 10,000 turning out, that's relative to the size of the city. But I'm old enough to remember early Youth Alive events. And I remember, even as I sit here today, being struck by sitting in a crowd of 5,000 people and looking out over across a sea of heads and getting this feeling that, well, you know what, here we are in our small youth group activity, but we're a part of something bigger. There are lots of young people who are... Uh, responding to the call of God and uh, those sorts of... There's something special about the feeling you have in a large group, Isaiah. Yes, 100%. And that's why I think with this Wonderworld starting, especially off the back of COVID, we sort of felt like, hey, it's time to celebrate youth ministries. It's time to celebrate the idea that we can get together in mass and in a large number and bring back almost that large-scale evangelism. Um, And you know what it does to a young person? What it actually does is it goes, I'm not alone in my faith. In fact, there's thousands of young people who are with me. And I think what it also does is it gives a salvation opportunity for many people who might not ever have really walked into a youth ministry, but it also gives boldness to the young person who goes to youth and goes, hang on a second, even though I may only have 10, 15, 20 young people in my youth ministry, there's thousands of us. And so I think it gives a lot of courage and boldness to those guys as well. I'm not alone in my faith. Renee, this is important because young people are looking for guidance, role models. They're looking for where I fit 
where's my identity? These people are telling me about God. They're telling me I should live a certain way. Uh, Is anybody else doing this? The thought that there might be a mass gathering of young people, that's got a powerful impact on young people. It is so important. I've actually been doing a bit of study on this lately myself um, because I believe, and even with having a large outreach event and being so outright in presenting the gospel, sometimes people get nervous about that and they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should just have this drug and alcohol-free event. But the reality is that when young people are involved in a, now I'll say religious community, but I'm talking Christian community, they absolutely thrive. And this is why even during COVID, it was so powerful that these young people were a part of a youth ministry and to now be able to have them all come together um, because they need belonging. They need a place where they've got hope for their future, um, where there's another message other than fear and negativity. And so it is very powerful. Renee, let's speak into parents who might Mm. be listening in today thinking, well, here's a conversation about why every parent should send their teenager to a youth ministry. And and here, when we, we broaden that, we're not just talking about going to a Youth Alive event, but Youth Alive events, they've got a wonderful place. But your local church youth ministry, and I just want to be sensitive that not every church has a youth ministry, and I'm sure that would be a goal that you might have to see every church with a youth ministry. But parents and their attitudes to sending their kids to a youth ministry. What are your thoughts here for will I, won't I? Mm. Well, firstly, I'm a parent of a 21-year-old, 18-year-old and 16-year-old. So anything that I say, I've, I've, you know, we've lived this out um, and I know the impact it's had on me having come from a broken home and being involved in a youth ministry. In our household, it was non-negotiable. I would absolutely encourage every person, every parent to find a youth ministry or a youth community for their young person to go to because the benefits are endless. And I don't know if you want to go into that a little bit more, but I think it's so incredibly powerful. And in, you know, in a time where young people are trying to find their identity, often what happens is they're not looking so much to mum and dad. Mum and dad can tell you things and they kind of roll their eyes. But when you have a youth leader or a youth pastor, you know, other young people are a few years older and they're saying the same thing and have the same values, they'll listen to them. And so it's incredibly powerful uh, and important for your young person's time in their life. Isaiah, parents, now you're a youth speaker, Uh, you're in demand, that's great, Uh, you're turning up at events, Uh, parents, are they protective of their kids uh, or are they not protective enough? I mean, are you protective if you keep your kids from the youth ministry or are you protective if you send your kids to the youth ministry? Uh, What about this idea that Renee's saying, make this a non-negotiable, are there parents that you might be aware of who's saying, yes, it's not negotiable, you're going to that youth uh, youth ministry event. Uh, thoughts here around parents and their attitudes? 100%, I think it needs to be non-negotiable. I think the, the whole idea that young people are being formed, whether we like it or not, you know, the Bible says do not be conformed. People are getting formed. I think parents, more than anything, they need help with helping young people form into the image of God. And so I don't know that that's just, uh, I know that the most important thing is a parental uh, people to do that. But I also think the next layer of helping form and shape and encourage is the youth ministry. I actually had my auntie reach out to me the other day and she uh, she's not a Christian, but she knows what we do. And she goes, oh, my, my, my friend's daughter is having a crisis. Um, 
she's not a Christian, but I, I know what you guys do. You have a youth ministry. It looks like a positive community. Um, do you mind if I give her your details so that I can say, hey, there's hope in this place? And th- like I said, she's not a Christian, but people are n- noticing and seeing that when there's a young, uh, there's a group of young people that are getting together to really, I guess, challenge, encourage, um, be encouraged. It's the type of environment that every young person should be and every parent should be going, hey, it is a non-negotiable. But Renee, I'm a parent and I don't know the youth leader. I don't know the youth pastor. I might have a concern about whether I trust them uh, with the care of my precious cargo, my children. Uh, What do you say to parents when they know that there is a youth group that's active and there is a youth pastor? Are youth pastors approachable? Can parents go and talk to them? Can you find out and can you get some trust Mm -hmm. in some youth pastors so that you can be confident that when your teenagers are in their care on that Friday night or whatever it is, that they can be in the right place? Yeah, this is really, really important. And this is something that we train our youth leaders and our youth pastors is that they should be moving towards and developing relationship with the parents. Um, but if you're in a, if you're in a community and you don't know the youth pastor, youth pastors, I think are some of the most approachable, beautiful people. Go and make yourself known to them. And, you know, I think if you build that relationship and that's very powerful for your young person to see that because then they're like, Oh, great. Okay. My mum and dad really like the youth pastor. And so that's, you know, incredibly powerful. But I think you do need to find the right place though for your young person, the right youth ministry. And the right youth ministry will have youth pastors and youth leaders that you can trust. Like I remember when we took our daughter for the first time to um, a particular youth ministry and I rolled up in my car and before I even got out, there were three or four girl leaders came out. They hugged her. They came and said hello to me. They hugged me and immediately my trust was built. I thought, they love her. They've, they've got manners. They're respectful. And I knew she was in good hands, and she was. You're touching on what I think is one of those profound and amazing things about youth pastors. And when they've got relationship to the parents, mm. what you're talking about is a partnership And parents, when their kids hit teenage years and they're starting to push boundaries and look to find their own identity even outside of mum and dad, a youth pastor is the sort of person you want to have on your partnership. A hundred percent. And like Isaiah said, if we are not active in helping form our young people and give them the values that are going to be good for them, then they're going to find it, particularly on social media. Mm. You know, a lot of young people now are having their their political views, their ideologies formed by TikTok and, you know, uh, Instagram. And so that that partnership is incredibly powerful. Mm. I agree. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. 1-800-316-316 to join in an important conversation today as we talk about why every parent should send their teen to a Christian youth ministry. 1-800-316-316. Two guests with us, Renee Bennett, Youth Alive Academy Principal, and Isaiah Simmons, sought-after youth speaker in South East Queensland. Uh, 1-800-316-316, why don't we take a call or two here? Let's first of all take a call from John in Cooma. Hello, John. Welcome along. How are you? Good, John. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, when I first became a Christian, 
that's when Youth Alive started up. And um, since, like, I know that the uh, youth, like, like they used to go out and sort of um, have fellowships, you know, like go out and have, um, what do you call it, um, um, they like go out and have... Uh, retreats yeah. or, uh, like, a, you know, after-church yeah. gatherings, or that sort of thing? Um, like, like a Friday night um, where, where, the, where all the youth used to come and survive, they have a... A great time. A rally. A rally, uh, yep. John, let me ask you, uh, given that this is a 40-year history now, and uh, I know that our guests here are pretty excited about that, uh, that you've uh, come to Christ and uh, been part of some Youth Alive events in those early days, what was your feeling when you went to one of these Youth Alive events? Did that enhance your faith? Did that do something that cemented those understandings that you had, your belief? What was the feeling at that time? Well, I think that um, at that time, um, it really, it really gave me a, a, a mighty, um, um, what would I say? I think you're coming through on 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 on, on um, music and then. then that was the uh, sort of thing that, that that youth are into, yeah, like like they John, it was something that was contemporary. You appreciated the music of the time. Uh, you appreciated, no doubt, being part of a big event, as we were talking a little bit earlier. Renee, as we hear from someone like John, and there's a 40-year history, and there's something there, there's a connection of Youth Alive that helped to enhance his faith in those early days. You must hear stories from people like that whenever you're travelling. Absolutely everywhere we go. My own sister-in-law got saved at a Youth Alive event, our, one of our youth pastors, everywhere we go. And I think that's the beauty of Youth Alive. It's something that has been going really strong for 40 years. We foresee it continuing to go grow strong. And everyone we know has had something to do with Youth Alive, whether it be the rallies or whatever it is. And it's it's incredibly powerful. And I we believe one of the main reasons is it's the greatest evangelistic tool uh, in Australia for young people. And so I think God will just continue to to bless Youth Alive. John, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Shelby is on the line from Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. How you going, Neil? I love this show, mate. Um, hello, Renee and Isaac. How you going, buddy? Good, thank you. Uh, yep. That's good, yeah. Hey, yeah, look, um, um, I, I am very much aware of the incredible stuff that Youth Alive has done. But I got caught up with um, Youth for Christ uh, in my younger days, similar stuff that you do. I think they even part, uh, got themselves with um, Billy Graham. Did you ever get uh, connected with Billy Graham's crusades and that here? Let's come to Renee. And there are some wonderful youth movements. Yes, uh, Youth Alive and Youth for Christ. Uh, is there What sort of connection is there? What's the sort of spiritual foundation? Are there particular connections that characterise Youth Alive, Renee? Mm. Hi, Shelby. Thanks for calling in. Um, yes, so I've actually have been myself to a Billy Graham crusade, which was ha- which happened in Adelaide a long time ago. But Youth for Christ was really powerful in that it actually formulated what youth ministry looked like in Australia right back at the beginning, just before Youth Alive formed. So it, uh, they've had a huge part to play in in really the roots of Youth Alive. 
Shelby's... Yeah, yeah well, I, I know you did a lot of Gold Coast stuff, I think, at one time. Um, but, yeah, um, I tried... It was my youth. I, my mum sent me off to Sunday school with my twin sister when I was six, seven, eight, nine. But it was my youth that I got brought back to really spiritual life again, um, um, because it, we used to cruise around uh, in our cars, you know, um, I've got a collection of some 30-odd cars uh, to this day, but um, this guy used to come around, Frank West, and I finished up working for him uh, with the Gospel Church in this local one of Manly area, and he uh, had a back of a flatboard five-ton truck with a band on the back of it, and he would cruise the Esplanade, and we all us uh, young fellows used to cruise around in our cars, and, um, yeah, he'd preach the gospel to us. Shelby, was, it was just one of the things. it's great to hear from yeah. you. And uh, the thought of a flatbed truck with a band on the back, and I guess in some sense there's something similar to that, but Youth Alive is a whole lot better organised. And uh, so you take the flatbed truck with the band on the back and upscale that to an event where you can have five and 10,000 people. That is just huge. Uh, Shelby, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Eric is in Perth, WA. Hi, Eric. Yes, hi. How are you going? Very good, Eric. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I've been listening to the conversation and I really appreciate it. Um, I obviously, uh, as you can hear, I grew up in a different country, but uh, youth uh, ministry was extremely prominent part of the culture and I didn't come from a Christian family at all um, but my parents used to send me to youth with my best friend's family uh, I think they just wanted a bit of peace on a Sunday morning and uh, and you know the seeds of the gospel were sown there and I probably you know I got saved through through that early experience but um, there's just something else I wanted to share at the moment we're in a, a very small growing reformed church and um and what what we do is we actually include all the kids uh even the young kids and the young adults and the teenagers and everything in the services so we we affirm their value you know we don't separate them from their families in the church and then in the evenings we have a youth service specific to them and their issues and and we're we're not into we're not about entertaining the kids we're about teaching them god's word and how they can hold on to a worldview that's uh, very different to the secular worldview that we find ourselves immersed in. And, and we find the simplicity of it is actually something very powerful. Um, and the kids responding really well and just wanting to, to learn about uh, the Word of God. So, so it's, I think youth ministries are amazing and I'd endorse it for anyone. Eric, amazing to hear that story because not every church is as interested in the children and the youth as yours is. So special honour to you at your church, uh, Reformed Church there in Perth. Renee, this is ultimately a goal uh, that churches actually embrace the value of children and of teenagers. And uh, sometimes you get the impression that the church is not valuing those teens because they're not actively even looking for a youth leader or to start a youth group or having that aspiration. What are your thoughts? And just for Eric here and uh, along the lines of what he's sharing. Yeah, hi, Eric. I loved hearing what you said because this is something that Cameron and I are really passionate about. We're lead pastors also. 
And uh, we actually launched our youth ministry before we actually officially launched, launched our church. For this reason, we need to be creating space, not just separately. You're right, Eric, not just separately on a Friday night, but in the Sunday services and all week long. Uh, young people need to be the, the heartbeat of every church. And we're really passionate about that. Isaiah's in our church as well. Um, and that's something that Cameron and I often go around and tell senior pastors. They need to be resourcing the youth ministry because it is so important because we are one generation away otherwise from extinction in our Christianity. Isaiah, anything to add to that about churches and the way they think about children and about youth? Yeah, I think if if youth is seen as sort of like uh, the byproduct of the Sunday and not given space to sort of express themselves, I think you're missing a whole lot of vitality that can come into a Sunday. I know for us, um, we have a range of different people that come on a Sunday, but the, the, the more seasoned people love seeing young people on fire for God. And so if you can develop that within their expression on a Friday, that translates then onto a Sunday. It, it really does boost the whole excitement of the entire church. And so if you suppress that, you're missing out on, on, on the exciting sort of vibe that youth brings to a service. Some churches have what you might call a generational tension <laughs> because when the youth are let loose, uh, that sometimes rubs everyone up the wrong way if they're a little bit older and they've got their own ideas about what traditional church might look like. But in some sense, uh, churches have to be uh, continually going through periods of renewal. Because without a new generation coming through, uh, churches risk dying. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation in just a few moments after Vision National News. I want to mention the Wonder World event that's happening in Brisbane, south side of Brisbane at the Kingston Butter Factory. That's happening on Saturday. That's this coming Saturday, the 3rd of September. Very quickly, uh, Renee, what will people in southeast Queensland, because let's say uh, young people drawn from northern New South Wales, southeast Queensland, southwest Queensland, coming to an event like this, what's it going to look like very quickly? Okay, very quickly, guys, doors open at 5.45. The tickets are super cheap, $12. Um, entry. There's going to be rides. We've got food trucks. Um, but more importantly, we've got a whole, um, what do you call it, Isaiah, session on, um, we've got Blake Young, mm. we've got JC Action Sports, yep. uh, we've got TK. TYJ. TYJ. A local rapper. <laughs> a local rapper. <laughs> All right. Okay. You get the idea. Yep. So uh, we're going to return after Vision National News. Uh, Before we move on, why don't we take another call? Let's hear from John in Cranbourne in Victoria. Hi, John. Welcome along. Hi. Yes, it's it's a pleasure to to be uh, included in this conversation. John, what are your Um, thoughts? Well, uh, I came to Christ 55 years ago at a Youth for Christ rally. And uh, that my wife had... uh, uh, encouraged me to come to to take our kids. Uh, two kids, uh, one was about uh, 10, the other was 8, I think, at the time. And uh, it was a Youth for Christ rally in the uh, Assembly Hall in Collins Street in Melbourne. And uh, she came and she said, uh, do you mind if I take the kids to, um, uh, to a Youth for Christ rally? And I said, no, that's all right, because I wasn't saved at that time. And uh, later on, she came to me and she said, uh, would you like to go? And much to her surprise, I said, yes, I'll go. So I went. 
And uh, much to my surprise, I got saved. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) John, that is a great story. And uh, stay on the line for a moment. But I want to ask Isaiah, when you're at a youth rally, and uh, we mentioned that you're an in-demand speaker, and so you're standing up in front of a crowd. Uh, There might be hundreds. There might even be thousands there. Uh, Not all teenagers. Sometimes the mums and dads come along too. What's your experience with mums and dads in the audience? Well, this one's a personal one because I, um, we were running a, a youth event and um, my sisters had just come to the Lord. I'm, I was similar. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My sisters just came to the Lord and um, my mum was ready to pick up my sisters from the event and there was a salvation call or a call for prayer. And um, my mum came out to the front and I was a little bit like, okay, this is weird because this is for kids. Like you're not supposed to be coming out the front. So I, it, yeah, that has happened. I've seen it happen. I've seen the Lord minister to parents and it's really special. Uh, might be that it's not edgy enough. It's not youth oriented enough. The parents are loving it. That can be a challenge too. Hey, John, uh, come back to your story. Did you have something more to add? Yes, I have a little if you're interested. Uh, as I was sitting there, um, the uh, the man that was speaking, <clears throat> the guest speaker, <clears throat> pardon me, was blind. He was a blind man, Peter Sumner from Perth, I think he, he, uh, it was. And um, uh, as he was speaking, uh, the Lord spoke to me. And um, this is what the inner voice spoke to me. said, uh, that guy's blind, but he can see more than you, brother. And... Uh, that that really touched me because my wife had been witnessing to me for years before that, and uh, I had a pretty hard heart, I suppose. And uh, that that really spoke to me. And when the call was given, when they said uh, anyone who wants to change their life uh, for you know uh, permanently and come to Christ, come come up, come out now and we'll pray for you. I was out there. Uh, I beat all the kids out. (laughs) (laughs) Isaiah, uh, look, uh, thank you so much, John. Uh, Isaiah, when it comes to, uh, you know, racing down to the front, uh, some of us might have an image in our minds that when there is what's called an altar call, uh, there's a, a preaching of the message of the gospel, a proclamation of the gospel, and there's a call. Will you respond? Do people respond with the same enthusiasm today as they have through the history of Youth Alive? Yeah, I think they do. And I think um, we make it a deal, a a big deal, to celebrate every decision that gets made, um, whether it's in a Youth Alive space or anywhere, because it is the greatest gift. So when we um, champion every decision and we sort of together as a group will celebrate and applaud them, I think it gives young people a boldness to go, Actually, that stirring on the inside, I, I do need to cement this. I am going to get to the front. And, um, you know, I've never seen a disaster in terms of people falling over to get to the front, but there, it has definitely been like a stampede of young people getting to the front to give their lives to God. Uh, thank you so much to John in Cranbourne. Our talk back line open on 1-800-316-316. We are talking about uh, why, as a parent, you might send your teen to a youth ministry. Now, I want to touch on this because your role, Renee Bennett, is as Youth Alive Academy principal. You're involved in helping to train young people in leadership and how to become youth pastors, youth leaders. Uh, This sort of thing, a very, very important element. Uh, So for parents who are seeing their 
teenager in a group, they want to know that their youth leader is well trained. Uh, give us some insights here into what you do to prepare young people for leadership. Yes, so the Youth Alive Academy started um, about eight years ago just here in Queensland. Um, so now it's Australia wide. And what we do is um, as well as equipping them with theology and uh, really good Bible knowledge, we train them in what it is that young people need. I think one of our other callers touched on it before. I think one of the most important things is helping young people to navigate today's worldview with their Christian worldview. There's so many ideologies, so many things that are pushing for their attention. And so we really get down into the nitty gritty and talk with our young uh, pastors and our young leaders about how they can help young people navigate that. What you're saying, I occasionally will say, while we want to teach our young people to read the Bible, we also have to teach them how to read the world. And uh, parents who are going through the actions of their lives sometimes can miss what's happening with the youth culture of their day. And so you've got a youth leader who actually is immersed in that culture, sometimes fairly close to it, uh, usually got a few years on the teenagers who are a part of their youth group. But they are aware of the challenges that young people today are facing, and that changes year to year. It is changing rapidly. I would say the last five years, it's changed even more rapidly. And look, can I just say to every parent listening, one of the most important things that you can do, even if you don't understand or you're not feeling like you're on the top of everything happening, have conversations with your teenager and your your older child. It is so powerful because you'll be able to hear them telling you what's happening, what's happening at school, what they're hearing, what they're seeing. And so you can't underestimate the power of your conversation with them. Isaiah, you can't expect every youth minister to be an expert on today's culture either because oftentimes they're on their own learning curve. They're on a a pathway to maturity as well. Oftentimes youth pastors graduate in some sense to uh, being pastors of, you know, the kids that they had in their youth group, but all of a sudden they're all getting married and having their own children and all of a sudden the, uh, the situation changes. So youth pastors, youth leaders are on a learning curve as well, but they've got this connection to the mindset of a young person. 100%. And that's what makes them so valuable in the development of young people is that the biggest thing that we need youth pastors and youth leaders to be is present. And I think um, one of the things that we say at our church is that we don't want to build just a big church or a big event. We want to build big teenagers. The only way we can do that is if we're actually present in their lives uh, and encouraging them. So that's why they're so vital. They it, Youth pastors don't have it all together. No one's saying that. But the fact that they're willing to be present and listen and, and, and a place for young people to lean on, it does make it. Uh, a vital space for the development of young people. Renee, I imagine that in the Youth Alive Academy, you've got your students. They're likely to be on duty this Saturday night when you have a big event. They're probably all, you know, there's no option here. You're it. Uh, you're on the door. You're on security. I'm not sure whether that, uh, you know, you might have to have spe- specific security, but uh, but they're on all sorts of ways to serve the young people who turn out for an event like the the one you're running on this Saturday night. 
Yeah, and this is a really important part of their, we call it their field experience. We like to give them experience in the biggest setting of Youth Alive because they then take this back to their local church. So we get them to look at areas of interest and then they serve in those areas. So yeah, they're actually going today on an excursion for a tour of the Butter Factory um, so that when they come and they're serving on Saturday, they know exactly what they're doing, exactly where they're going. And it's a huge, it makes them really excited. They love being able to serve this way. And as I understand it, the Butter Factory holds as many as 5,000. That's a big crowd. And you've got your students. They are all on duty. Now, this is the interesting thing I want to just tease out here with you a little bit. Because if I was living in a country town not in the big city, but the Youth Alive Academy is in the city, and you want your young people who have got potential gift as a youth leader, a youth pastor, to be able to capture something of the heartbeat of how to build a youth group in my country town, this would be an opportunity that would be too good to miss because your youth leader that you might send to the Youth Alive Academy is going to actually capture what you do to build something significant for your town. Is that the way it sometimes works? You are actually exactly correct. A lot of our academy students come from the regions. So we've got students in Harvey Bay, in Bundaberg, and this is why the Youth Alive Academy started, so that we don't have to have these amazing youth pastors and youth leaders moving to the city. Um, So they actually participate in the Youth Alive Academy from where they are in their regions via what we call Air Academy. And then once a month, we all drive in together uh, and have uh, like a in-class face-to-face. And then with events like this, they are, I know all the Bundy crew are jumping on a bus and they're coming, they're not going to get home until probably two in the morning on Sunday morning. Um, But they're so excited because the regional guys, uh, what's happening in our regions, our young people deserve the best out there. And that's partly why the Academy exists. Now we're talking about uh, your backyard in Queensland Mm -hmm. uh, and there are Youth Alive movements in all the states around Australia. Do they have their own Youth Alive Academies as well? Yes, yes, we've actually got an academy. Actually, it's happening right now. Um, I've, I've dipped out of the academy today to be here with you, but there are academies happening all over Australia in every single state. Uh, and for those students that live too far, like I know we've got students that are five hours out of Perth in WA, uh, they are also participating as part of the Air Academy. So, yes. So when I give the website address youthaliveacademy.com, mm-hmm. uh, when you go to that website, you'll be able to click on your state and you'll be able to see what's happening in your state. So if you're in Victoria, in Tasmania, South Australia, WA, in New South Wales, and of course, as we're talking Queensland, uh, what about the territories? Is there one in the Northern Territory? Territory at the moment, join on air. Okay, so even if you can't get to be in person at these Youth Alive Academies, uh, you've still got all the technology, which really makes things a whole lot easier when you've got vast distances to travel. Hey, let's come back to some of the benefits of being a teenager involved in a youth ministry, because what we're talking about today is why every parent should send their teen to a Christian youth ministry. What comes to mind as the highest priorities uh, let's go to Isaiah on this. What are the sort of the highest priorities of the the benefits of having your teen in a youth ministry? I think a youth ministry that values um, encounter moments. We don't want to just wait for youth alive rallies to be able to have moments where young people can um, encounter the presence of God. So that would be number one. Or else, if we're not valuing that, it's sort of just another social club. So that's the big one. We want to value that. But I think 
the benefit that teenagers get is because youth ministry is such a safe space, we want young people to grow in their identity in God. It actually probably is one of the spaces where young people can be themselves and who they're designed to be, and it's safe. Um, I think that's one of the major benefits for young people. This is important, isn't it? Uh, The opportunity to have an encounter with God, because either it could be like a fun club, or it could be all on an intellectual level. But unless there is this encounter with God, and this puts pressure on the leadership of your local church having a youth group to be able to have the right person to be able to lead that. But the encounter with God moments, they are really important, Renee. A hundred percent. And from my own experience, having come from a broken home with a dad that wasn't saved, a mum where uh, we got saved just after my dad left, for me, it was more than just the belonging. It was uh, having that encounter with God that then set me up. And this is for every young person. It sets them up for the rest of their life. It brings so much purpose. Um, you know, otherwise, we're no different from anything that the world can offer. It's not just a club. And as I understand it, statistics show that youth involved in religious community do actually better in a whole lot of areas of their lives. Not only are they going to be kept from uh, taking the, the, you know, the broad path, the highway that leads to destruction, they're on a narrow path, but the benefits that come, that even are statistically shown. Thoughts here, Renee? Yeah, so if we look at just mental health, for example, there was a study done in 2018, a Harvard study done of 5,000 young people. And there's been other studies, but I'll focus on that one for a moment. And it showed that young people involved in a religious or Christian community score way higher on psychological well-being and lower on, um, on negative mental health impacts. So there's a really huge, and I think that's for a number of of reasons, but uh, young people do better with their mental health when they're involved in a, uh, a religious community. Isaiah, when a young person goes along to their local youth group at their local church, uh, usually there's going to be what we might think of as Christian or traditional family values that are going to be at the heart. Even when you've got really cool looking young people who are leaders, those values are still at the heart. Uh, that's important for parents who are coming from sometimes their own dysfunctional background and they even have dysfunctional families. Sometimes their kids are getting exposed to actually good, solid family values when their kids are going along to the youth group. What's your thoughts here for family values and the sorts of things that kids learn when they're in a youth group? I think you're exactly right. It is it. It is a part of a healthy youth ministry to be able to provide that type of camaraderie and the family values. I know uh, if we were looking at statistically how many of our young people in our particular youth ministry have come from broken homes, some of the things that they share, some of the things that they uh, battle with, I mean, this really is, the youth ministry does become like a family. Now, in no way are we trying to say that we're replacing your family, Mm. not at all. This is just your spiritual almost like family type value system that you can come to and lean in. And I think it's 100% important. And and it testifies because of the amount of broken um, homes that young people have come from in our context. I just think it is a family. It does hold those values and it helps them in growing. I'm just assuming here, but and there'll be miracle cases, but when you have a teenager turn up to the youth group and they've come because we know their parents didn't send them there, 
Uh, they came because they got invited by their friends. Uh, they might be there. It might be a sort of a hit and run. Uh, I'm here for one night and that might be the only time I'm ever going to be in church. When you've got the teenager who does come from a family, the parents know that their children are there and you've got this growing partnership between the parents and the youth leader, my suspicion is that's a recipe for success. And it, while those miracle case, cases can happen because kids are going to come from non-Christian homes and their parents don't care or don't really even want them to be at that youth group, uh, this sort of uh, uh, partnership that happens, parent and youth leader, that's going to be a really good recipe, Renee. We see this all the time, particularly when we do high school tours, which we're doing right now. They're actually being done all over Australia before our big events. And we see young people that uh, come to the youth group, get saved, but oftentimes the family end up coming mm. as well. But even if they don't, I've not yet met a parent who is not um, who doesn't understand that their young person's involved in something good when they go to the church. I don't think I've ever met a parent that says, no, you can't go. They all understand that having their young person Person involved in the youth ministry is good for their young person. There's an old saying, bad company corrupts good character. Actually, I think it's a biblical saying. And the thought that your teenager might create or develop or nurture a new group of friends that has a different set of values uh, to the rebellious, drug-taking, binge-drinking culture that they will likely get absorbed into if they don't have the right set of friends. Isaiah, this makes it so incredibly important to be a part of a youth ministry. Yeah, we talk always about the, the sort of the current of the world that is so easily for young people to step into and get swept away. And to be completely honest with you, it, it does feel like a lot of well, it is what we're doing is very countercultural. So uh, we're saying love everybody. We're saying you know uh, we're, we're, we're countercultural in our values and 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 that we're we're called by God. He's got a unique plan and a unique design for every single young person. And so I think what happens is we're not deliberate in teaching young people that it's okay to swim upstream. It's okay to it, it's okay to go against the grain. I think what we're seeing is. Once they get the courage and the boldness to be able to go upstream, um, their friends and their families, uh, the byproduct of that is, hey, we're all going this way. And so we, we're, we're sort of unapologetic in saying, hang on a second, we're, we're going against the grain here and you can do this too. So much more we could have covered. We're running short of time. I uh, would have loved to explore things like you know, the value of those role models that the youth leader brings, the fact that teens can be on a mission, having a, a higher purpose, uh, even an activist mentality that a lot of young men actually need to just uh, bring them out and uh, bring them into adulthood. Uh, the thought that teens need a foundation of theology and even a safe place to be able to confide uh, those deeper issues of their hearts that they feel they can't share at home, but they might be able to share with a youth leader and get some great insight. Uh, let me just come back to the Wonderworld event. It is on Saturday. This is an event in southeast Queensland. It's at the Kingston Butter Factory. It's on this Saturday night. Starts uh, gates open 5:45. Uh, Renee says there's a $12 entry. There are rides. There are food trucks. There are amazing 
performances, or we'll call that uh, praise and worship. Uh, there are leaders there that are going to be bringing an atmosphere that's going to prepare the hearts of these young people to hear an incredible speaker bring a gospel message. So uh, for listeners to connect with that, let me point to the Youth Alive Academy website. That's the best place for uh, Renee that for, to go to find out about that detail? No, for Wonderworld, go to Youth Alive Queensland. Okay, so Youth Alive Queensland mm-hmm. to find about the Wonderworld event that's happening on Saturday night. But to be part of Youth Alive Academies around Australia, youthaliveacademy.com. Uh, Renee Bennett and Isaiah Simmons, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having us. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.